For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story. Welcome to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Stephan. And we are the proud parents of Aiden Stephan. Hey guys, how's it going? Here's another episode. Yes, hi. Uh, you got to excuse us. I know it's been a while. Uh, been a little bit under the weather. Uh, Aiden as well, so we're just uh, fighting through. Yeah, somehow I didn't get near cold. Aiden got sick. Uh, runny nose, you know, sniffles. And the usual stuff as kids. Sneezing in our face. Oh yeah, you gotta love when kids do that. <laughs> so um, somehow I didn't get it, not going wood, but Osiris got a bit of it. Yeah, no, I don't think it was a bit. I got all of it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I hope everyone's doing great out there. We just wanted to get into our, I guess you know, with our, you know, what we've been going through with our stories with Aiden, and there's something that we've been dealing with recently, which is what they call a, I guess, a seizure yeah, breakthrough. breakthrough seizure. So we just want to give you an update on um, how Aiden is doing, good or bad. So that's what we, we, we will be doing um, periodically during our podcast. So this is the latest update. Uh, the week of President's Week, Aiden started having um, grand mal seizures while he was sleeping. Yeah. And it was a, quite a, they were short, but they were like, maybe several, like two to three, which is not uh, normal for yeah, Aiden. Yeah, at all, yeah. To having, you know, grand mal's in his sleep. We haven't seen that in a quite some time. Yeah. So he started having that, uh, those seizures, and we were thinking, is he sick, or what's going on? Well, you know, what we did find out is that he was, I mean, as kids, when they reach certain age, they start to teeth, so his molars were coming out, mm -hmm. and then he had a front tooth that was coming out, so it was throwing his whole body off, and it was strange that we didn't pick up on it, because originally we saw him drooling a little bit, like, why is he drooling? He was holding in his... Like, yeah, it's like wow. he was just drooling out of nowhere. And so we thought he was having maybe micro seizures and it's just like a blank stare, but it was actually, he was just teething and that kind of set his whole body off. And that's when we started seeing the seizures were exacerbating. Yeah. Especially, um, what was the other thing that he had? And it, before that he had a cold. He had the flu. He had the flu before mm -hmm. that. He fought the flu only to start teething and then the seizures started exacerbating. So his body was going through some changes like back to back. This kid's been fighting. And he's been a trooper ever since, um, and he still continues to do so. He, I mean, what you can say about a seven-year-old who just doesn't want to quit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you do uh, use CBD for seizures, you have to expect to have, like, these ups and downs and these yeah. waves. Yeah. And they're, they're really difficult, uh, but you just have to ride them. Yeah. And for me in particular, when he has those bad, you know, bouts of... The, when the seizures kind of get worse, even though we've been through it and we always get, we always get the Whitney always goes back. It's scary. You know, no matter what, I've always had this fear that, Oh, is he not going to get better? Is he not going to get back to baseline? Is this it? Is the oil not working anymore? Like you start to question yourself and second yeah. guess what you're doing. And that kind of concerns me because then you're more apt to say, well, maybe we should use what, the doctor prescribed, you know, the Depakote. Maybe we should increase the Depakote. Maybe we should ease yeah. the on feed. As opposed to say, no, let's hold fast, 
stay with the CBD oil, let's increase the CBD oil, or lower it. Yeah. So what we, let me just tell you guys what we did. So first we were saying, oh, maybe it's the CBD, maybe it's too much. So then we took away the CBD oil. Oh, no. We learned the hard way. Yeah, yeah. You so want this to... stuff does work. Yeah, you want... A lot of times you're like, is this working? Is this like placebo? But we took the oil away and the seizures were worse. Yeah. And harder and they were longer. So we're like, okay. So, so we, yeah, back to the CBD oil. We won't do. leave that. So we started. So then what we did was we increased the CBD oil and we changed mm. the CBD oil. Well, we stayed with the CBD oil, but we just changed the no, brand. The brand. Yes, we changed sorry. a different brand. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we changed it. Let's just change it up. Maybe his body got used to the one brand. brand. But then there's the other thing, too, that some brands are not as consistent as you may think they are. Exactly. You may get a different strain. Exactly. So people don't know so that. we were using one for a while, and we had a pretty good run. Yeah, we had a great we run with it. Great. And then all of a sudden, we were seeing changes. changes. So we started like, seeing a little bit more seizures than usual. They're yeah, like, whoa. And we, the company, we called the company and said they had their change made in the batch. Yeah, so they did some adjustments to the formulations, which kind of threw Aiden off. So it's like, and I'm going to be honest, so looking at the industry, what's going to happen? We're going to be looking at customization. Yeah. You know, we can't do the one-size-fits-all like pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. For the medicinal side of cannabis and dealing with oils, it's going to be customization. Because every kid is different. Yes, every, every kid. And if you were looking for the medicine, every kid has certain symptoms for different reasons. Yeah. Like, just because you have seizures... Like Timmy has seizures, it's not the same reason why Johnny will have seizures. Yeah, exactly. So one strand or one type of CBD may work for Johnny and not work for Timmy. Yeah, that is true. Um, so that's something you have to look out for. So, so we did change um, the CBD oil. We went back to an oil that, that, we, we, used that before. we used before that he had success on. So we went back to that and then we increased the oil. And and did we mix it too as well with another oil? And we did a mix. We did yes, mix, yeah, because mix, and that's what we—that's what we doing. We were doing before is like we we're mixing the oils, one that may have THC, a little bit more THC than the other that we're using. That we're using, and then combining it with um, one that didn't have any THC. You know what was fascinating though? Um, I think the other night you were telling me, if he happens to have a seizure in the middle of the night while he's sleeping, rub some uh, CBD on his feet. And you said one thing too. Also, put it on the big toe. Yeah. Make make sure you touch the big toe. I he started having a grandma. I immediately jumped up, uh, put some CBD oil on my hand, rubbed it on his foot. Make sure I got the big toe. I swear to you, within ten seconds of me doing that, the seizure stopped. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. And it was like one of those grandmas that I've seen before that you know that would last maybe a minute to two minutes. This thing didn't even last no more than thirty seconds, if that. It was amazing the way, you know, it happened so quickly. I was like, okay, I think you want to be on to something. Yeah, I, read, I don't know where I got that from, but, you know, I'm on a lot of Facebook support groups where parents um, share, their problems. share their ideas, their problems. And I think it comes from Chinese medicine that, you know, you rub. Um, well, like, it, almost like reflexology. Yeah, you rub yeah. the massage at certain points on the foot. And it works. It works. Yeah. And so what we did last night. Mm. Is that you put the, you rubbed his feet way early in advance early to prevent it? Yeah, because what we've noticed in a pattern is that he tends to have a grandma about three or four a.m. in the morning. Yeah, so basically something happens. It's very common for kids with epilepsy to have seizures between 
3 a.m. It's 6 a.m. Yep. And we're trying to figure out why, but I think something with the, the sleep pattern or cortisol and levels. Cortisol levels. Yeah. So, uh, so those who don't know what a grand mal is, is that that's like the typical seizure that people think of, like the full body, full body convulsion, scary, the scary stuff. Yeah. So he'll he'll have those um, between 3 a.m., which I call like the witching hours. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, yeah, and then we become light sleepers because now we're anticipating that this is gonna happen. Yeah. So we're really not it sleeping. Up our sleep because. I'm always around that time. You're alert. I feel like I'm alert. I don't, yeah. And no. then when I look at my watch, and I'm like, okay, it's past six. Okay. I didn't right, hear anything. We're in the clear. <laughs> yeah, we didn't hear anything, so we're we're good. We can go back to sleep. Yeah. But um, re, with the what the other night that we were able to do that, uh, just getting early. So I think I rubbed this before I went to bed. It was like twelve one o'clock in the morning. I rubbed it on his feet beforehand, so because just in case I might have overslept yeah. at three a.m. and might have missed it. I said, let me do this early. And by 6 a.m., no grandma, no seizures whatsoever. Just on the fact that I rubbed it on the bottom of his feet. It was, uh, it's interesting. When you do this daily, you start to learn different things uh, about the human body. And it's, uh, it's just amazing, especially when you're trying to help heal your child. You study more so for them than you would do for your own self. So this, is, uh, this has been an eye-opener. But I think the hardest part is the emotional attachment that comes with it. Is you feel helpless when your child is going through something, yeah. and it becomes somewhat not somewhat it is it's overwhelming at times when you sit alone and you're trying to figure out how can I help my child any further. You're looking down the road like what's going to become of my child, what is going to become of my family, and all these things start to you know really get to you, and it starts to really come out and you start to project it at times too. Just like our conversation, sometimes we're at each other's throats yeah. for no reason. It just comes out of nowhere, and how we handle it. Because I know I handle things differently than you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not the type of person to show my emotions outwardly. I'll keep it to keep them to myself, and I just stay focused on what's going on and dealing with that. I'll put my feelings aside and deal with it later. So that's one thing. I'm not the one to carry my emotions on my sleeve, or to show or speak about my emotions or what I'm feeling. Not to say I'm, you know, a mean guy. <laughs> For me, is that I show it, I cry, I let it out. For the most part, you'll see on my face. Like, if Aiden had a bad night, my colleagues would say, are you okay? Or, you know, so I definitely um, show my emotions most of the time. Even though I try to hide it, but it does... It's on your face sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, yeah. it, it makes it hard on me to look at you and like... Like, what more can we do to put a smile on my face or to ease your pain? So it's like, for me, I take it as his ownership. Like, that's my fault. Or it's like, you know, Aiden's fault. And it's and it's not a fault thing because it's just something that happened. But it's a sad situation. As much as we're trying to do what we do to help, it doesn't feel great when we're looking at each other. It's just like, we just like had our whole world crumble in front of us, and we can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't mean to, you know, be the Debbie Downer or have these sad moments, and you know, but I don't. I'm working on that. Like it's very hard for me. Like a lot of times, I do feel like just crawling in a hole. Like I, I'm, I do get down because as, as a mom and your child, and it's not easy. It really isn't easy. It's not. It, it isn't. But you got to also look at it from, you know, the husband's perspective. It's like, 
this is my family. These are the things I was supposed to have in place. And it's like, I can't protect my family. And hearing things that come out, you think that, okay, oh, am I being to blame? Is Aiden being to blame, you know, for all the unhappiness or for all the things that are happening? Because it's not the life that you uh, had built for yourself in your mind. Especially, I mean, because I understand too, because I never thought in a million years of being in this situation. You could never put me and say, this is what your life is going to be like in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. You're going to find this person. This is what's going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. You just, that's not what you, because you're thinking something totally different. Yeah. You know, you think the life, oh, I'm going to live in this nice home. The wife, the kids, everything's going to be perfect. The kids are going to grow up, go to college, and there's going to be no issues whatsoever. Yeah, which is false. Yeah, is, you know. And I, and I think that when you're growing up, you get this false ideation Idea. of what life is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, because it's all over TV. Yeah. You and think about life it. Life is not perfect for anyone. Or, yeah. And I have to... No matter how much money you no have or don't much, have. Exactly. I have to be grounded that stuff's going to happen to you in life. It's not going to be smooth sailing. It's just not. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah. And I think that will help me. Yeah. Because, you know, there are people that have kids. Like, now Aiden's talking a lot more. There are some kids that... They'll never talk. Yeah, that's the hard part. Uh, and, and and like I said before in the previous part, that I'm like I feel guilty because I see other parents who are saying, "I'm just happy to see my child smile or eat something that's healthy for them," as opposed to eating you know the same junk food over and over again, or to be able to walk or talk. And it's like, wow, Aiden is doing all those things, and then some. He's like able to go to school. He's able. You know, to go on vacations, trips, be on a plane. He, like, he's living his life as a child, despite the other things that are going on with him. You know, the seizures, the drops. I mean, there was one time, I think it was last year, the seizures were so bad, he was coming home from school with bruises, bruises from the falls. Coming home with black eyes, uh, you know, bloody lips. And it was just like, you couldn't leave this kid alone for a minute. It's like, you were high alert. I think that year... We barely slept. Yeah. And I think what you have to remember both sides is that both of us, regardless of how much we try to normalize, we, we are definitely suffering from like post-traumatic stuff. Because the, the stuff we've seen with and we, been through... Yeah, it's traumatizing. It is it traumatizing. Has, like we have to be, be kind to ourselves in that way and kind of be understanding. Yeah. Because it's... It, I mean, some people could not imagine. Well, you know what's funny? When, you, when you're around family and friends... And he has a seizure. I mean, I was in a laundromat with a friend of mine, and she was with her son. And Aiden had a seizure, and he and he fell. And I picked him up. Her reaction was to take her son away and hide him and, like, cover his eyes. I said, oh, let's go. Let's go over here. I said, what's wrong? I don't want him to be traumatized by it. Oh, she said that? Yeah, I was like, at first I got offended, but then I understand it. Because they're not living in it, so their only reaction is like, I don't want to traumatize my child, but yet my child is the one that just experienced a uh, seizure. Yeah, exactly. So it's not it's hard for other people to understand unless they're in your shoes or going through something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, just like going out to dinners or going to family events. You know, it's hard. It is really hard. Uh, it actually causes us to be isolated sometimes too as well. Yeah. And uh, just talking to each other is the challenge. Just, to, just being able to communicate on the same page because I could be thinking green, you're thinking purple. And it's just because of where our mind is at that time dealing with what's going on. 
and it's it's been a challenge. You know, we've had our ups and we have our downs, but what keeps us leveled is knowing this kid gets up every morning and he has a smile on his face, no matter what. There are times where he'll have a seizure, and after it's over, he'll smile, he'll cry a little bit, then he'll smile, say, "Hey, daddy, let's go." And it's like nothing happened. I'm like, "Okay, let's go." You know, he'll ride his bike around the house or the scooter, or he'll run up and down the stairs, or he'll run through the hall. So he keeps us going. And for you and I and our communication, that's something that we need to really work on. I think that's become, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. Just been like, woo. To be honest, it's been really hard. There are times I just don't want to talk. Uh, there's things that I just don't, I just want to tune you out. To be honest, I just want to tune you out because there's things because I see how you act out emotionally because you're trying to deal it with your way, but it's not the way I deal with it. So I have to understand it. And I have to understand the fact that we're two different people. We handle things two different ways. I look at it this way is that we've been dealing with this for about five years, five, six years now. Five, five and a half years or so. In my mind thinking, you've seen the worst already. You can handle this. But that's from a male perspective that I'm projecting onto you as a woman. I don't know what the thought process is for a woman to be able to handle something emotionally especially when it comes to their child i don't put myself in that situation i just say you know what handle it the way i handle it just cut off all emotions we know what's going on we know how to deal it. we know he's gonna get better just to hold on to that and just work at it and that's it cut off all the you know the crying and all that just stay focused on what's going on because for me i think crying is almost like a waste of an emotion especially when it causes you to freeze or it causes you to not take action or not move into doing something. So that's that's something I grew up with only because of things that I've seen in, a, in throughout my life. That's the only reason why I think that way. And that's why I handle things the way I do. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's what I know. I mean, I get that's what a lot of our men, you know, go about things, which is fine. It's just for women, it's just, it comes, sometimes you can't even control it. And just because someone cries, it doesn't mean it's not going to have action. Like the yeah. crying is not going to be stopping you from action. It's like a five minute thing. Yeah. So it doesn't stop you from moving forward. Like I could complain about something, but I also have to do a lot of action. Uh-huh. So um, it's just a time where you just, it's better to, sometimes to cry. At least you're acknowledging it yeah. than actually suppressing it. Because regardless if someone says they're not, um, they're they're just moving forward. They're really not. Mm-hmm. You're really just suppressing it. Really, is that what you're saying about me? I think so. Really? So you I became th- a shrink. I think you're suppressing it because you have you you have your own ways of going outside and dealing with your stress. Yeah. I will cry. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Understandable. So you say I do the avoidance. You just have a different way of de- of of, de- of dealing with it. Yeah. I may cry, and and but you have your other ways. Yeah, I do. I I again, I do suppress my emotions because I again, I just don't feel like the crying, the getting upset, is going to change anything. Is for me, is I got to think through it and believe that everything's going to be all right because I've been told that. So I'm taking people's word and saying he's going to be right. He's going to be fine. 
But at the same time, I can't sit and ride on that. So I have to take my actions, you know, making sure he's eating well, making sure he's getting enough water, making sure that he's getting enough rest. I have to make sure I didn't get any exercises, doing all those things and thinking constantly and always doing research to make sure that I have a better environment. This kid eats healthier than the both of us combined. He gets more rest than the both of us combined. You know, and I think it it's paying off. It is literally paying off, mm-hmm. I think. Just the fact that now we're fortunate enough to get a speech therapist, a better one, that's working with him. And we're starting to see some real progress with him. Uh, but he is a Capricorn, so he's a little stubborn. Uh, yeah, that that's another story. Yeah, that's, a, that's another chapter in our life we're dealing with. How to raise a child with, his, with a condition... And under a stubborn sign. <laughs> it's a child. Yeah, it's a child. Oh, my God. It's so, not easy. But you got to love the kid, though. But I understand where you're coming from. And I, I have to apologize to you because I know I've been cold. I've been distant. I've been elsewhere because I just feel like, well, Phil, I think that certain things can be handled a certain way. And it, my way is not necessarily right. It's just how I've learned to cope with things. Because I recall the one day that I did cry was when Agent had his first major seizure with me. And I recall he was about two, yeah, two, two and a half years old. And he was running through the hall. And all I heard was thump. And he went into a seizure. And I'm holding him and not knowing what to do. And I froze. I cried. Because I'm trying to get him to breathe. I'm trying to be like, Aiden, Aiden, I'm crying, cheering. I just didn't know what to do. I just held him. And it, part of me is like, is he going to stop breathing? You know, and that hurt more than anything I've ever experienced in my life. To be, to feel so helpless. And it's like, what do I do? I got my, this little guy's life in my hands. I don't, I'm frozen. I literally froze and just cried. And I said, I'll never let that happen again. That's why I ended up calling the ambulance because I just didn't know what to do. I just didn't. I swore in my life I would never, ever let that happen again. So. There's a reason for everybody's reaction to things. When you when you get to know people and you're like, you wonder like why they're acting a certain way, there's always a reason. That's what they're saying. Always be kind because you just don't know why what, they've some, been what they've been through. Yeah. So everybody, yeah, everybody has a journey. Everybody has a story and a journey, and you're like, "Oh, that person's rude. Oh, that person's cold." I was like, you "Maybe just they got don't burnt." Know. Yeah, they might have been burnt by people. Know. People might have been burnt. Don't know. You, one of the interesting things that um, that we had mentioned way back about marriages, especially when it comes to a child that has there's a disability in a home. Basically, one of the researches uh, we came across was that out of the fifty percent of marriages that end up divorced. Ninety percent had to do with a disabled child in the household, and already that's hard to think about that, and then also to put into the factor that we are parents of color. There's already stereotypes about that, where I don't know how they still hold on to this idea that you know I shouldn't be in the home, you know, or I should have multiple children elsewhere. You know, things like that. Or I shouldn't be a professional. So those stigmas are still around. Yeah. You know, for the, for that reason. And when you talk to people, you tell them your situation, 
And then you tell them that, hey, no, I don't fall under that stereotype. It's like, oh, okay, all right. So I guess I got to deal with you or talk to you in a different way. And that's how people see you. And they're like, okay, once they get to hear your story, it's like now their eyes open up, their ears perk. Now they want to really address you in a different manner. But in a relationship, we address each other as if at times it's me here, you're over there. We deal with it individually. Yeah. It's not a collectively. Yeah, which we should start. We should have started a long time ago. I think because in our minds, we want to do things our way. We're like, we're both right. Yes. Because we're very competitive. Yes. We've always have been. We've yes. Never, that's, that's always been our thing. Yes. So that being said, so it's like when you're, uh, say, for example, I'm going through, we're going through our downs and ups, ups and downs. There's like I saw this thing um, on Facebook or it was a post. It was, it was a post? Yeah. Okay. And I've heard about this before. It's like called love language. Yeah. <laughs> and um, It's not that kind of love language, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, so <laughs> say when I'm... Um, you have an example, I'm assuming. Yeah, say if I'm crying that, that at that moment, there's certain things that I probably will expect from you to show love. Really? And vice versa. You're not gonna get it. Okay. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I, I get it. I'm saying what? Okay. So you're crying. Okay. So let's set the scenario. So you're crying. What would you expect me to do? Okay. So let me just go backtrack. So then there's uh, five different um, love languages. So, okay. And I'll then after I explain, then I'll tell you mine. Okay. So there's words of affirmation. Um, I guess this would be. I love you. I love spending time with you. You're the greatest. Really? Hold it. You told me that was ego stroking. Okay, let me finish, please. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> then this physical touch, which is love, uh, hugs, kisses, holding hands. Yeah, but when I do it, you think I want to do I want something. Would you please stop and do well, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Gifts. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Acts of, of, of service. I do that. That I do. In quality time, yeah, I'm working on it. So everyone has their different love language that they would expect from their partner. Okay, what's yours? Well, hold on a second, but let's go back to yours because okay. you said that you're crying. So what I, would you have expect me to do? Quality. I love quality time. So quality time. What does quality time look like for you? Quality time looks like uh, maybe watching a movie, uh-huh. being present. Oh. <laughs> so you mean not being on my phone? Yeah. On a computer or just just yeah. zoning out? Exactly. Hold on. So, okay, let's say now we're laying on the couch or you're laying on the couch and we're watching a movie. What particular movie would you like? Because, you know, I like my action and horror right. movies. So this, you, you, yeah, so I could pick a movie for once. Okay, you get to pick one movie. <laughs> okay, so how often would this work? Like, how often like would you want to... once this? a week or something. So it'd be like or something a, simple, like... A couple's okay. night. Not a couple's or night, but like... we go to the park, all three of us. That's a family thing, but... You, that's quality time. Okay. That's fine. All right. Or we go all go to a museum together. Or, like, just something we do together. Fair enough. I can, I can handle that. I like that kind of stuff. Okay. You're, okay, cool. Oh, we can go swimming together. Hey, how's yeah, that? Oh, okay. I love it. Okay, I love it. It doesn't have to be expensive. No, it doesn't have to have any I mean, monetary course, value to it. Of course, someone loves gifts, but that yeah. is not. Yeah, you love gifts. I know. 
but yeah, it's not the end it's, all be all. No of course, but it'd be great to have, right? Who doesn't love gifts? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm not one to expect it. Only reason I, I'm not too crazy about Christmas oh. and all that stuff is because I remember my mom working her behind off to get us gifts. And she would be at work all the time, barely home. So it's like, you know, is it worth it? You yeah, know, that's so true. that's why I never got to learn the quality of time that you're talking about. Because I've never ex- really experienced it. So See, remember, I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't have a dad who's like taking, like, like right now with Aiden. I take Aiden to the park. I spend time with I had never experienced that. You know, I hold Aiden's hand. I carry him. I hug him. I kiss him. I do all these. I've never experienced that with my dad. Or with a dad. So these things are different so, to me. And with your mom, though. Mom, mom of course, you're going to get the love and hug and kisses. But not the quality time. Because she had to work. She was constantly working. Okay. So, and she worked odd hours. Yes, I know she told she, she, she Yeah, she would work either seven to four or eleven yeah. to seven or seven to eleven. Sure so you, you know, so it's rare that we got to see her. And when we did see her, it was some good times. We laughed a lot, you know, we those things, but it was never in a sense that let's go out to walk, take a walk, mom, to the park. Yeah. Let's go throw the ball. See, I like that kind of We never I we never did that. So my weekends um were filled with that. So it yeah. was like uh go on to the park. Yeah. Um we did. My mom made sure she did like the shows on. Uh, we went to um, this place in Westbury. Called, oh, the Westbury. Uh, what you call it? Theater, right? Is it called something them? like in Long Island? It's all Westbury. Yeah. yeah, they have we, they have live art. They yeah, have also show, have musicians. We did a lot of shows. We did a lot of museums. So that's why on the weekends I'm just like, hey, are we gonna do anything? And then, see, I didn't. And then sometimes that. I feel like I'm pulling teeth, dude. Let's go, hey, come on, come on. And you're like, oh, no, I got. I'm like, I'm like, I gotta do this, and I'm like, because oh, that's again, that's what my weekend was spent. My weekends were spent cleaning the house. My weekends were spent doing laundry with my mom. It's like Saturdays, Sundays. That's what you did. If you wanted to go outside, you had to earn it. Got it. So you understand why I'm like, this is what I grew up doing. This is what I, it's like embedded in me. These like these habits. So I can't feel comfortable leaving my home unattended to, to go out and hang out. Because then who's going to address it? I want to make sure that the, it, like the home is taken care of and things like that. But not to say that, you know, I could work on my schedule. We could work collectively on how to make that happen where we could spend more quality time together. We could do that. Because, like, having so many people pass away and not... Oh, yeah. It's like, no matter how much you... I'm not saying that to not to do that. But maybe, like you say, like, we'll do it the first two hours of the day and then at least make sure that we could... Or we, we can do the cleaning first and then make sure we do something. Yeah. Totally. Okay. We could, we could discuss the things that we could do to make things easier. And I think a lot of it comes with getting Aiden involved as well. They teach him things on how to be responsible. So it has to start now. So what's the other one? So those are my two. So what are yours? Mine. Let's see. What's the good one? Oh, I'm, I'm the physical. I'm into the yeah. physical okay. touch. So then I knew you were going to pick that one. Why would you know that I wouldn't pick that because one? Because you complain about that I don't get enough physical touch. Yeah, because you, you misconstrued physical touch to, oh, I want you want to do something. No, it's not that. So let me go back. So wait, really? So let's go back to how I was raised. I wasn't raised with any physical touch. 
Yeah. So no hugs and kisses all the time. No, no cuddling. Come here, no. my baby. No, Come here. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. No, none of that. See, my mom did all that. So no cuddling, kisses. No really saying I love you. None of that. Oh, really? You never so, had to say I love you? Oh, my mom would say I mean, like they, five know, times a I day. I only did it, but they weren't like, both of them were not physical touch people. Wow. My mom, all the time, could not, she, it was like, all right, it's enough, mom. Sometimes you had to like push her off. And it's not like where she did it up to a certain age. It was even into our 30s. She was mm. still, in fact, she still does it to this day. Yeah, so that's She great. expects her hugs and kisses every time. You walk through that door, she better get a hug and a kiss. It's cup. You, you you can't walk away from it without having that, and that's something I'm accustomed to. And that's I for me physical connection works for me. Uh, definitely the hugs, the cuddles. That's what Aiden. I mean, <laughs> right now Aiden's he wants that connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you sleep with him, he's like all on top of you. Now he got this thing where he stretches your arm out and he's got to put his head right under your armpit. Kid, you like your arm goes dead. You wake up, you like. Try to get some circulation going, but he needs connection. He needs to be held. He needs to be hugged all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely kissed. He loved to kiss on the cheek and the head. But he won't do it. He won't kiss he'll you. He'll hug you, but he'll oh yeah, he'll hug. The, oh my god, he hugs you every time he gets a chance. He'll tackle you. So okay, so the love language is interesting. Now, what's another one? Um, for me, I think I got more than one. Yeah. Okay. So I think I know yours. Really, you sure? I think you like words of affirmation and physical touch. Yes, words of affirmation. <laughs> I remember I said that to you. I said, you know, men like words of encouragement. Words, you of, and you said, no, that's just that's an ego stroke. Oh. I'm like, that's really that's what that is called. <laughs> uh, for, for a woman, it's just like that's it, almost oh, an added thing to your do do list, right? It's so much to do. No, no, no. It's, it's just like we the, a woman don't need that as much. So for us, it's like okay. Hold on, a woman does not to be does not want to be acknowledged. Well, words of affirmation isn't that like compliments? Yes, I love you. Oh, yeah, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you look great. You have a great smile. <laughs> I love your eyes. You make me feel great. I love being around you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't even stop smiling hearing these words. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> yes, men here love to hear that too. As opposed to, can you throw out the garbage? Hey, could you pick up some milk? Oh, while you're out there, can you get some bread? You know what? Can you take can you take eight out to the store? Bread. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can't do anything right. Oh, if you want something done right, you gotta send a woman. Like really, really. So yes, you you get it. I get it. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> so we're, we're we're acknowledging certain things that we didn't have before, and it's interesting that people are posting these things, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, so that's what that means. I said that's where the conflict lies that we're not giving each other what we want in terms of the love that we expected. I I think so. I think mm-hmm. because of our situation. It created such a strain that we became focused on that. Because remember, I remember when we talked, when it came to dealing with Aiden, that we said our whole focus will be on him and getting well. Yeah, because... And I did tell you that. And I said, you do understand what we're saying here, that we are no longer going to be working on each other, that everything will be focused on Aiden. So whatever comes with it, comes with it. Yeah. So... These things that we're visiting, we had to acknowledge and say, we did this. We put ourselves in this situation. 
Because how many times, like I said, we said in the last episode, I think it was the two episodes where we were on the verge of breaking up. Mm-hmm. We knew it. We, but the thing is, we created that situation by focusing on just getting him better and not us. Not realizing that once we got us together, we could get him much better. It should, be the, it should have been the opposite. Yes, it should have been the opposite. I would say, but hey, I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> I'll go wherever you want me to go. We'll take it from there. And wherever we end up, we end up. If that's what we want, is it still the same right now? Is it still the same case right now? That is Aiden's still the focus? Um, yes, you can't let go. The, the fact that you hesitated? No, I'm just thinking. <laughs> still hesitation. The, but okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Like, it's just like weighing it because if he's in a bad state, it's really hard for us to focus on us and vice versa. So I don't think the sole focus should be him anymore, though. You're saying that, but is that what's going to happen? Because remember, yeah. because this, remember, autopilot has been completely about him to the point of exhaustion. So by eight nine o'clock, you're you're ready to cash it in. You're like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything but going to bed right now. It's almost like the time when you gave birth to him, and you were nursing for two years. Where eight nine o'clock, you were done. So. Those quality times that you're asking for, you can't expect it all to happen on the weekend. Because when you're neglected throughout the week, there's like, okay, okay, there you are. <laughs> really? I've been banished for five days. I get what? I got two weekend pass? I'm on furlough. It's a lot to work on. It's a lot to work on. Of course, but that's, again, that's part of marriage, part of relationships. I just... Part of trying to connect is, remember, when you leave those gaps open, that space, it allows other things to come in. It just allows uh, other opportunities to come in. Because then I'm going to find things to distract my time. Because obviously, if it's not being attended to, I'll do something else. I'll keep myself entertained. I'll just get myself involved in something else. And that's, that's, and that's where it happens. It's like, now, you're not getting the attention you want. When you say I don't want, you, I want you to be present, but I'm present five days a week. But you're not here because you want to go to bed or you want to do your own thing, or you're so focused on Aiden that you're like nothing else matters. I don't think it's just Aiden. I think it's one. Um, I my work. Okay. I have uh, sometimes I have to do work at night for my job, so that's that comes to it, and my health. Like I don't always feel well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at how you're thinking may be affecting your health. A lot of times I say that, I'm like, I tell you, it's like, stop thinking the way you think because I think it's rolling over into how you feel about yourself. Because the more you believe what you're thinking, the more likely it's going to happen. Because there's times I hear you say, I, I, I think I'm not healthy. I don't think I'm healthy. And it's like, Stop saying that because you keep making it repetitive and repetitive. After all, I'm like, now you're at the point where I don't think I'm healthy. Like, now you believe it. Before it was just a thought. Now it's a belief. And you've been to the doctor a couple times and they said, nope, you look fine. <laughs> right? They tell you you're fine, correct? Supposedly. Supposedly. Oh, my God. But if you weren't fine, you wouldn't be able to go to the gym, work out, go exercise, walk up and down the block, and up and down the <laughs> stairs. I mean, we do live on a full floor walk up. And 
You make it with no problem, correct? I do. Okay, so that being said, so your love, what is that? Love language? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's something uh, we're going to work on? I think so. I think it's a good idea for us to work on this. Really? What's the benefit of it? Well, I think it's better for us to feel... I, I mean, it's been 10, 15 years, so I mean, that's a long time to now recognize and say, okay, now we're going to I don't think so. I think okay. when you're with someone, it's going to be... Every, you change. It's going to be different things happen. Things go on. Go on. Your relationship is not stagnant, and then you're going to have to keep working on it. It's not like, okay, we worked on it the fifth year, and then we're done. No, you're going to keep working on it on the you know, 15th year, 16th year. It's not okay. something that you can say you should have done it five years ago. No, it's continuous. Okay. It's, it's all we're going to do is work. Yeah, that's no. the pro- that's the thing people don't realize. It's yeah, I, yeah I hear that too. They say it's work. I'm like, what? what's the work? I never understood what the work is. Now, now I do. This is the work part. Because you work on yourself. You work on the relationship, mm-hmm. and you work with your partner. Mm-hmm. It might be uh, even though we're on two different pages. Do you think we can do it? To be I, honest, I, I do mean, think we can do it because we have been through so so much. Okay, uh, more than most couples that have not made it. Okay, and been through less. Okay, do you think we could last? I think so. You think so? What would be a deal breaker? I've always wondered that. What would be your deal breaker? Be like, you know what? That's it. This is over. I don't want to deal with this relationship. I'm done. What would be like the deal? Lying. Lying? Okay, lying. Like, what kind of lying? Like, uh. Because I could lie about a lot of things. I'd be like, yeah. Starting another family. Woo! That is a Woo! breaker to me. <laughs> That's a breaker for me financially. <laughs> I don't know how. You guys out there who can do it, man, bless your heart. <laughs> because you know me, I'm cheating. <laughs> like, what? Another family, please. Yeah, that's a definitely a deal-breaking for me. Um, like being dishonest continuously. Being dishonest? Okay. That's like, I, I don't, I need trust. Okay, like, that's good. I need trust. Like, I okay. can't. But when you say dishonest, like, uh, what level of dishonest? Um, I think all levels. Like, you should, you know... If you say, if I say, where are you? And you say, I'm in Mississippi and you're in New Jersey. That's yeah. dishonest. Yeah, well, yes. You know, that's so, downright, downright dangerous, really. Uh, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a level of trust that I have to have. Okay, you got to have a level of comfort and trust. Okay. Yeah, I have to. If it's not there, there's no point. There's no point. I no. think um, that's a huge deal, break, deal breaker for me. Um, I think that's. That's I mean I get I guess you gotta see, like it's hard to say what's a deal breaker until you're in it. You know what I mean? Like there's so what many, can you emotionally recover from? Exactly. Psychologically, emotionally. I do think it depends on your age, what you're going through, what happens in the past. It's very situational. I think it's very hard to answer that question because there's so many women who are men who stayed in relationships, and you're like, damn, that was bad, and yeah, they still, still there. there. Yeah, like but why? I bet if you ask them ten years from now. If this happened, would you stay? A lot of them probably would have said no. Yeah. But it's, so, I think it's, it's very, it depends. It's contingent on the situation. Okay. Now, having the situation that we're in, you ever thought about leaving? I have. Because it's just been, it gets, it gets very stressful. Yeah. It gets very, very, very stressful. And, um, like you said, certain things I want my way. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, rethink very differently. So, yeah, I think I, I, it gets it's extremely stressful. And I don't know if it's only because of Aiden. I think it has a lot of marital problems that come into play, like just being raised differently. Yeah. And little nuances of it that become stressful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've thought about it, too. I thought about leaving, but... The thought of me leaving is not leaving you with him. I was thinking about taking him and leaving you mm-hmm. and giving you the space that you you seem like you needed. You seem like you just wanted a peace of mind. You wanted to have a life that you wanted for yourself. And I felt that Aiden and I are interfering with that. Yeah, you keep saying that. No, but again, yeah, but you can't change what I'm saying or what I'm thinking, but that's what I sense. I know, exactly. Based on what I'm seeing. So remember, we create these things because you thought things that I was thinking and it exactly. wasn't the case. It's just life in general. It's not that it's because you and Aiden did it, did no, no, things it's, purposely. Yeah, um, but we saw we were. I saw that you weren't happy. That's why. Okay, um, I'm not happy because in general, I've never been like a bubbly, happy person. Baseline. Oh, just baseline. great. And <laughs> I take in things of. I think I take in things and I and personalize I them. Personalize everything deeply. Yeah. So. If you have, if I hear so and so die, or this person, I'm taking it in, and I get very sad for that person. Yeah. So there's so many things going on. Yeah. And I see, like I've said to you before, I see a lot of sad things, and I see, and for me, I can't just be like, oh, that's them. Yeah, I know. So. I understand. I think we definitely need to cover this mm-hmm. again in our next episode yeah. because there's so much that goes into it. Um, but before I go, I want to say rest in peace, Tommy Allen, our DJ who recently passed away, who did our wedding, uh, a fan favorite of mine. Also, Sandra Wilson, who was a classmate of mine in high school as well. You know, my mother's next door neighbor. She was recently murdered, um, at, you know, (laughs) at her job as security guard, which made news. So some sad situations in the past couple of weeks that we had to deal with. So for everybody out there listening, Hold your family close. Hold your loved ones. Appreciate the time that you have with them and with each other. Hugs and kisses and all. That's, you know, that's all I can say. Just keep everybody close, okay? Yes. All right, guys. Thanks Thanks. for tuning in. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in. Look to hear you all listen to our next episode. Take care. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Love and Cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephens. And I'm Nina Simmons. Be strong. And stay empowered.